0: If there's a big storm in October, I can tell you when there's going to be a chance of snow during the winter, possibly severe weather. I can tell you when it's going to turn cold. We can tell you when it's going to be hot and whether it's going to be a wet season or a dry season. So we can make these predictions based on my theory. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by
1: Rosie Fund. Today, we welcome meteorologist and dog lover, Gary Lezak. Be sure to check the links in this episode's description to find Gary's book, It's a Sunny Life, and learn more about his cutting-edge weather forecasting and research at weather2020.com. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love dog words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosyfund.org to share your thoughts. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded, subscribed, rated, and shared dog words. Now that you're a follower of the podcast, take the next step and become a participant. Let us know what you want to hear. Go to rosyfund.org and send suggestions for topics and guests. And everyone, please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content, like this week's latest video of Gregor, the beautiful Connie Corso who's in foster and waiting for his forever home. We're halfway to our subscriber goal that will give us the Rosie Fund URL on YouTube. If you don't know what that means, trust us that it will greatly help with exposure for Rosie Fund, which ultimately allows us to help more dogs. Just subscribe. It's free and you will not be inundated with notifications from the channel. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Just a quick note before we get to the interview. July 1st is National Pet ID Day. One of the reasons this time of year is so important for making sure your pet has its tags and is microchipped is that more dogs and cats run away on July 4th than on any other day of the year. Microchipping is available at most primary veterinary offices and animal shelters. KC Pet Project offers microchipping at all their locations for $25. You can make an appointment with our friends at Pet Resource Center of Kansas City using the online appointment form under the Pet Vaccinations tab. Click Make Appointment and use the online scheduler to select Microchip Only. The cost is $25 for unaltered pets and $15 if your pet has been altered. This episode's description has links for both KC Pet Project and Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. In our interview with Gary, we'll be talking more about dealing with your dog's anxiety from fireworks and thunderstorms. Now let's get to the interview. Today on Dog Words, we welcome weather forecaster, and Kansas City icon, Gary Lezak. Did you know you were an icon, Gary?
0: (laughs) No, but I appreciate it. Thank you, I guess. You've
1: you've been here long enough that I think everybody knows who you are, and there's so many aspects of your story that we're not even going to get into a fraction of them. But we'll start with, you're a dog person, just like all of our listeners are. Tell us who your dogs are.
0: Well, right now, I have Sonny the weather dog and I've been calling Rainbow the weather puppy but she's going to be well she is now 1 year old so she just turned 1 and she is a big puppy she's bigger than Sunny now she's a black lab mix and Sunny is an Australian shepherd mix but those are my dogs I love them before them I had a few other weather dogs but uh yes yeah, Sunny's my my weather dog
1: and they're all in your book yeah. I didn't mention Gary's also an author. Yeah. And the book is a great story for children, but it's also educational for anyone wanting to learn about weather and really makes it accessible for kids the way it's presented with meeting Sunny and Sunny becoming part of your pack.
0: Yeah. It's somewhat a true story. It's called It's a Sunny Life, and uh, you can get that at Amazon.com. And it's a great children's story that myself and my partner, Andy, we both wrote it. I actually got writer's block about halfway through, and I said, Andy, go finish this up. And he's like, I'll do it. And then all of a sudden he did it about a week later. But it's a great story about meeting Windy, Breezy, and Stormy, my three previous weather dogs. And then they're about to adopt this new dog, Sunny. And it's about that adoption process about acceptance into a new family, developing a family and a pack for dogs, mm-hmm. and then going on an adventure, and then there's weather elements, there's a thunderstorm, and then it rains, and it changes to snow when you go up high into the mountain, and there's this savior dog that's actually my dog from the past, Jamie. Which is a real poignant moment. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I kind of saw it coming as a fellow author, and it's like, oh, that's such a sweet touch. That I really like that.
0: Yeah, that's actually Jamie, a Sheltie, was my first dog growing up that I remember. And so when I was a little kid, we got Jamie, and Jamie actually went to college with me. And And uh, uh, after my parents got divorced, they didn't know which one was going to take the dog. And I said, I know who's taking the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the dog. So Jamie's last two to three years of his life was with me at college while I was getting my degree in meteorology at the University of Oklahoma. And I started my career while Jamie was still alive. Jamie wasn't a weather dog per se. Wendy came along a few years later, but it's a great story. And then as you said, It's a Sunny Life has, uh, after the story's over, a great section on weather.
1: So if you have a child who's interested in weather or dogs or just wants to read a good story and the the – Visuals are great. You had a, a wonderful artist illustrate this, so it's it's a wonderful book. I'll put a link in the description for this episode that you can go through our Amazon Smile account and help out Rosie Fudd by buying Gary's book. Well, oh, that would book. be great. You mentioned that Jamie went through college with you that you were a meteorology student at the University of Oklahoma. Some people come into meteorology because They're good at science, or they took an introduction to meteorology class and thought, this was interesting. You didn't just stumble into meteorology. No,
0: I think I was born to be a meteorologist ever since my first thoughts when I was four or five years old, probably right around five, when you really have your first real thoughts that you can remember— It was about clouds, I always looked outside, I was obsessed with clouds and weather. And I grew up in Los Angeles, where the weather was very boring. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I didn't know any better though. So that was an
1: adjustment for you going from Los Angeles to Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. It was crazy exciting weather there. Um, so kind of like going
1: to a candy store for a kid being in Oklahoma of, as a weather geek.
0: I hadn't experienced thunderstorms like that before when I came to the, to the Plains states. But it was great growing up in Los Angeles, coming to Oklahoma, getting to Kansas City, and now Kansas City being my home for 28 years. And Wendy, my dog Wendy, I actually, uh, friends of mine adopted Wendy in 1990. Wendy was about a year old. And I went to their house. Her name was Lady, and they wanted Wendy to be outside, an outside dog. i go over there for dinner. They were my best friends, Richard and Beth. And they adopted Wendy, and at the end of dinner, I had fallen in love, and, and they thought and I would provide a better home than they would for this dog. And so they let me.
1: What a big heart they had.
0: I know. I don't know how that's possible. They let me take Wendy home. And I didn't hesitate for some reason. It was like love at first sight. I brought Wendy home. A few weeks later, Wendy was just one and a half years old at that point, And she was ripping up remote controls like Rainbow recently did, by the way. And she was doing things like that. And I told these stories, but I said, she really is not that way. She's really gentle. So eventually I put Wendy on television with me and she became Wendy, the weather dog, moved to Kansas city in 1992. And Wendy had a really good following. Wendy ended up on Oprah Winfrey. She ended up on the Oprah show.
1: Our listeners who've been in Kansas City since the 90s, I'm sure all remember Wendy. I mentioned before we started recording that I met Wendy when I was on set being interviewed by one of your colleagues, and she was better behaved than most of the crew members. <laughs> That's for sure. She was perfect. I, It was a real treat getting to meet Wendy. And you've continued to, obviously you're a dog person because you just listed off all the dogs you've had but the way you've incorporated them into your life that you've not compartmentalized. Here's the dog part where I come home to my dogs. How have you incorporated them?
0: Well, when Wendy started getting a name for herself in the early nineties, here in Kansas city, she was really good at her tricks. I taught all my dogs about the same tricks. They sit, they stay, they spin like a tornado. Wendy would roll over and play dead. And, uh, now that I think of it, I think this week I'm going to teach rainbow to do that because rainbow will do it. Sunny won't. That's a whole other story. Sunny's great at her tricks. She just won't roll over and play dead, but, uh, she had this whole routine. So when I would be invited to schools and I went to 30, 40 schools a year in the nineties, I would always take Wendy with me. And at the end of my presentation, the kids would count, I'd go get the car, I'd go, go out to the car get Wendy, and then Wendy would come in, and then Stormy, I adopted, Stormy We did the same thing, and that's how it all got started. But it, Wendy was just, what a temperament. And uh, all my dogs sort of developed a similar temperament, as is it, maybe it's the way, you know, we all have our individual way we have our relationships with dogs, so.
1: Probably has a lot to do with who you are, right. that they match your temperament and that's why dogs bond with us that they know what strengthens that bond probably intuitively but more clearly than we understand it ourselves absolutely i mean
0: the bond See, some people love dogs and i love dogs but i really love my dogs okay Mm -hmm. so so and and They're just so important to me, and I take them everywhere. Right now, Rainbow and Sunny go everywhere with me. I mean, if you look at right now, I've got the Sebring Convertible. There's dog fur all over the seats, so um, I need to clean it up.
1: Yeah, We make decisions on where we vacation, when we vacation, on not just if there's hotels that will accept peaches, but what is there to do with peaches while we're there. Right. It's like, what trails, what uh, restaurants? We'll look for restaurants that are dog-friendly, have a dog-friendly patio along the route to get to where we're going to vacation. My wife and I do not have kids, but honestly, if we had kids, I'm not sure I would be that attentive to their needs in planning a vacation. It's like, what restaurants are kid-friendly on the way to our destination?
0: And speaking of vacations, it's difficult, and I'm sure that I'm not alone in this. It's like, I all of a sudden don't want to go on vacation, I think. Because I don't want to leave my dogs. If I can't go to mm-hmm. a place where they're coming with me, it's very difficult, emotionally difficult to, to leave your dogs. Now, once you find the right dog sitter mm-hmm. or a friend to drop your dogs off at where they'll take good care of them, once you do that, as concerned as you are, we are humans, and we tend to, once we get away, we get away, and we know they're being taken care of, mm-hmm. and you can do it. But the process of getting to that point is difficult
1: yeah we went on vacation last fall and we're out of the country for two weeks it was much more stressful worrying about her well-being before we left than anything about scheduling the flights, packing uh what the weather is going to be like where we're going all that but as you said once we got there and knew she's taken care of here that we had two people who house sat right we didn't care about our house. <laughs> like, some, somebody here here with peaches that, that she knew and
0: that she liked. But Right. And then when we, Wendy would go places with me, so Wendy, I actually flew on the airplane quite a few times. And you have to get all the right documentation to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's a little dangerous and it's scary because you just never know who what's going to happen to them when they get put out onto the plane and everything. And nowadays... A lot of people can take their dogs on the plane if you get Mm -hmm. the right certification. I haven't done that with mine, but uh, Wendy used to go places with me because I just didn't want to leave her at home.
1: Having met Wendy, I trust your judgment. (laughs) I guess I could have also phrased that as having met you, I trust your judgment. But having met Wendy, that she would be fine on a plane. She's not going to be
0: a nuisance. Yeah, she would be great. And uh, I think Rainbow and be too, but that's two dogs. That's so a handful. That's- it's not going to probably happen. But, but you know, I, after Wendy, I had Stormy. Stormy I adopted when we were doing the first pet telethon, believe it or not. The first pet telethon, Benefiting the Humane Society of Greater Kansas City, happened in 2000. And while we're doing a commercial with Wendy, we went out to the main Society, and this litter of puppies had come in, and there's Stormy sitting there yapping away. They brought some cats and Stormy out in a cage, and they're all behind me. And Stormy was just yapping, 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 and a few days later, I adopted Stormy. So Stormy became the next weather dog. Stormy and Windy came together to schools. Then we adopted Breezy. Breezy had some issues. Loved Breezy as much as any dog, but I couldn't really take her because she tended to nip at people. Mm-hmm. So Breezy was more of a home dog. And then we adopted Sunny. And at one point we had Stormy, Breezy, and Sunny. Then both Stormy and Breezy died. It was very sad. And Sunny got to experience that. And then, uh, then we adopted Rainbow.
1: You had Stormy as a puppy. Did Windy do a lot of the training?
0: Probably. You know, I think that the other dogs are very important. And so my recent experience with Rainbow and Sunny. You know, Sunny here is five years old. Rainbow's just turned one. And Rainbow, I think, you know, they have their temperament. But my goodness, Sunny is patient. I just posted a video on, on Facebook recently where... Rainbow's upside down. She turns around. Sunny's chewing on a bone, and Rainbow's like, I want that bone. Let me see if I can get it out. And she'll pull it out of Sunny's mm-hmm. mouth. I saw the video. Oh, you see that? And so this was not a pull out of the mouth. Sunny had it between her paws, but Rainbow just sneaks in, just like a stealth, pulls the bone out and starts chewing on it. And And Sunny
1: just Sunny seemed resigned to her fate. It's like I guess that's Uh, not. Oh, when Sunny's in
0: play mode, she'll play around with her a little bit, but Mm -hmm. other times she'll just Rainbow will pull it out of Sunny's mouth. And talking about training, Sunny is able to pull it out of Rainbow's mouth without Rainbow going, you know, acting like a a typical dog might. They both get along so well.
1: Do you have guests in your home who are amazed because their
0: dogs are not as cooperative one to know what your secret is um yes but right now rainbow's still in that mode where she jumps on people so i'm trying to teach her not to
1: not as impressive when the yeah, spoils the image of the perfect dog. I know I've,
0: it, The perfect dog gets ruined by Rainbow at this moment. But in about a year, Rainbow's going to fall into that same category as mm-hmm. all my dogs do. But I have a, a shaker where you put coins in the shaker, or even just a big glass, put coins in there. And if, if she goes to jump on somebody, you shake that, and mm-hmm. she gets all scared and concerned. So she's learning in a good way. I'm scaring her a little bit to teach her to not jump on people.
1: We're recording this a couple weeks out from the 4th of July with the plan of posting this on July 1st, so our most loyal listeners are downloading this on Wednesday, July 1st. Hopefully, everyone will download it before July 4th because I'd like to talk to you. You have a valuable skill set that you're a weather expert and an experienced dog owner. A lot of dogs don't like the noise of fireworks, and those same dogs react negatively to thunderstorms. So, any thoughts or tips you can share for those times when dogs have to deal with the loud noises of thunderstorms, fireworks?
0: You're bringing up some memories for me for Wendy. Wendy was petrified of thunder, and fireworks and anything like that so she's one of those dogs that fell into that category i've been very fortunate with stormy and breezy and rainbow and sunny they tend to not be but wendy was so afraid that she would be like my little thunderstorm detector i it could be in the middle of the night and you know, I'm almost always up anyway. I know when thunderstorms are forming, and whether or not. But if there is something developing and it's a distant thunderstorm, Wendy can either see the lightning or sense the thunder or hear it off in the distance before I can. And she would wake me up, and then she starts shaking. She would shake.
1: What was the lag time between her noticing and you noticing
0: that there was thunder?
1: Not just you noticing that it she's reacting, be, but
0: it, it could be like she could give me a thirty-minute indication of a thunderstorm. Thirty minutes.
1: That's a good. I, I didn't want to tip my hand. Rosie, for whom Rosie Fund is named, and as a quick aside, Peaches does not care. And we're on our deck right now, and Peaches doesn't care that we're on our deck. She's relaxing on the deck. Peaches
0: bed. is so amazing. And what a beautiful she, day she, this is. Oh, it's no.
1: perfect out here. Thank you, weather. You're welcome. Weather guy. <laughs> uh, but Rosie, it was about 30 minutes. She would go into a closet or go under a desk and try to make a nest and burrow in. If we knew a thunderstorm was coming, we knew that was why, and we would usually have a closet prepped for her. But if it was a surprise one because we hadn't been paying attention to Carrie Leesak, in thirty minutes you would hear the thunder. Wow! It was right about twenty That's,
0: to thirty minutes. Yeah. So Wendy had that same trait, and it was, and Wendy would be so scared though. And then there was nothing you could do. You could comfort her. It sort of was cute, and because she she Wendy was not really a cuddler. Mm-hmm. Um, My other dogs, more so. And so, but when would Wendy want to cuddle? When there was a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. That's when she wanted to be real close to you, but she would be shaking. It was really bad. So I used to turn on music. You definitely, when there's a 4th of July experience, you want to keep your dogs indoors. You do not want them outside. If they get petrified or scared, they could slip their collar, they could run away. There's horror stories of dogs that have run away and never come back mm-hmm. on 4th of July. So, Keep the dogs inside. Turn on some music. Try to distract them on the 4th of July when there are fireworks in your neighborhood.
1: I don't know if this is just Rosie, but I think the music matters, the, what the music is, not just turning on the radio. For her, she loved Mark Knopfler. Wow. And <laughs> fortunately, I'm a huge Mark Knopfler fan, so I have all of his albums plus the Dire Straits <laughs> <laughs> albums, and so I would just... Put the iPad in there and just select Mark Knopfler and just let it play Mark Knopfler in the closet, and that would help keep her calm.
0: And, of course, that had nothing to do with you liking Dire Straits. No,
1: I, (laughs) I made that sacrifice. I purchased all those albums for Rosie. I'm sure she appreciated it, and it made me a Knopfler fan. Peaches doesn't need the music, but she seems to like ELO. Wow, I love ELO. So we play ELO and Jeff Lynn and that's that's her jam.
0: There you go. Now when there is thunderstorm activity, Rainbow and Sunny just aren't as affected. You know, Sunny looks slightly concerned, but really not. So that is good, but still you want to yeah, you know, turn on some music if there's fireworks.
1: We've also found that if the Royals are in the playoffs or the Chiefs are winning Super Bowls, that's another time. Uh Uh-oh. That's a nice problem to have. Yeah. So how do we deal with this? We have a friend who doesn't have a basement that's quite as much of a bunker as ours is, and she lives in a neighborhood that— tends to have a lot more fireworks action that this is a much quieter neighborhood where we're at so we invite them over for those occasions so if you can help your friends or neighbors out if you know you have someone who needs some place to go be that sanctuary for them
0: yeah i think that's a, a very good idea and speaking of sports and royals and chiefs sunny doesn't like it so when when there's all my dogs are about the same when when I start yelling and screaming at the TV or something, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, now, right now we haven't had any sports, so it's been a long time since Sunny's experienced this, but uh, she tends to get all scared because I'm getting mad, and she thinks I might be getting mad at her. So doesn't you have to be careful. It's good to, like, put your dog in another room, possibly, when you're getting angry at the TV.
1: Peaches doesn't care other than the noise, and she's... Likes to nap. She's a 13-year-old dog. So treasures her nap time, and she'll get up and go to another room because she has a bed in every room. Rosie, we had to anticipate during Chiefs games in the fourth quarter if the Chiefs are up, okay, we got to put a nest because we had neighbors who fire off a loud bang, a couple of them, (laughs) when the Chiefs win. And then certainly during the Royals' playoff runs, she needed to have protection. And they surprised us so many times there were so many times in that stretch that the royals had where you didn't think they were going to win that game right and we weren't prepared in the eighth or ninth inning and it's like oh no, wait we're coming back oh now we're tied oh no wait, throw a blanket in the closet <laughs> rosie rosie needs her nest oh but uh i wouldn't trade that for the world it, it's an inconvenience but it's a welcome inconvenience to have someone depend on you and take care of them
0: absolutely
1: I do want to take time to mention, before the podcast, you were talking about your 13-year overnight success. I want to share that with our listeners. Give us the, the background on that.
0: Well, the weather pattern is cycling above us. It's a regularly cycling pattern that sets up every October and November. And when it sets up, the pattern continues all the way through the next September. And if you know what that weather pattern is, you can make predictions. And so... We're so in tune, and I've been studying it myself for 30, 35 years, that if there's a big storm in October, I can tell you when there's going to be a chance of snow during the winter, possibly severe weather. I can tell you when it's going to turn cold. We can tell you when it's going to be hot and whether it's going to be a wet season or a dry season, so we can make these predictions based on my theory. The bloggers named it the LRC after me, Lezak's Recurring Cycle. I've written a paper. It's called The Cycling Patterns of the Northern Hemisphere. And back 40 years before I found this pattern cycling, there's this famous meteorologist, Jerome Demias that found the same thing back in the 1940s. So it's up there. It's there for everyone to see. But that's what my company's based off of. So we have a system that businesses will be able to use to mitigate their losses and maybe generate revenue. And I believe the system will save lives. For example, Mm -hmm. the day that Table Rock had its disaster where the duck boat accident Mm -hmm. where 17 people were killed, that day was predictable to have thunderstorms that were worse than normal thunderstorms that might happen during the summer. Because it happened in July. And a typical thunderstorm in July would not move very fast. And if Table Rock knew there was a thunderstorm heading their way, Oh, they got time to go out in the duck boats, but not that day. And so using my theory, I believe that kind of event is predictable where you could provide the information to even duck boat companies about, hey, this thunderstorm is different and you shouldn't go out and maybe we can save lives. We've been able to predict hurricanes and tropical storms. So the system is going to save lives, help businesses, and I've got a website called Weather... 2020.com
1: I will also link to that in the description. And my mind is just racing about all the applications even just starting with something like a duck boat operator or any business that's influenced by weather. Maybe you don't want to block out that day or that weekend but you schedule fewer so that when you make cancellations you don't have to pay out as many refunds.
0: Yes and on, on that situation What we will be developing in the next few years is a weather calendar. And on this weather calendar, perhaps, I have those four days around July 17th to 20th, just those four days blocked off in red, so then when the thunderstorms do form, they know that, hey, let's not send duck boats out. Mm -hmm. And same thing along the Gulf Coast. We can make a calendar of when tropical storms and hurricanes are going to be more likely, or we can rule out areas that will not be affected this mm-hmm. season by tropical storms and hurricanes. So there's many applications to many businesses, from retail, transportation, government, to duck boats.
1: With something like this, there's going to be applications that you can't even imagine until they start implementing it, and you go, well, that's brilliant. I hadn't even thought of that. Right. It's, it's just going to grow, so it's that's it. It's opening exciting. up a new market. Yeah. Obviously, when someone plans their family reunion or their outdoor wedding it would be kind of nice to know let's
0: go early June instead of late June or or you maybe have your wedding day planned for the bride I've made forecasts for them and lots of times 75-80% of the time tell them it's going to be sunny and beautiful whether you tell them it's going to be sunny and beautiful or you tell them there's a chance of rain it brings them peace of mind because one thing the bride wants to know, what's the weather going to be like? If you think there's a chance of rain, we can still monitor it for you. But if you think there's a chance of rain, the peace of mind is worth something. Mm-hmm. So It's the not knowing yeah.
1: that causes the stress. Yeah, so
0: we can provide that, and we are providing that. We
1: look forward to having updates on that. So you can come back for another visit or let us know, and I'll share the update with our listeners. And as you have more dogs... Added to your pack as your pack changes and grows, we want updates on them. Again, I will share that with our listeners. Any final thoughts, Gary?
0: Well, just about my dogs. I mean, I love, I don't know, you probably love peaches so much. You know, I love rainbow and sunny. We have this incredible relationship. And when it comes to our animals, we live with them, but they live with us. We provide them with a place to live and they're living their lives for us to be able to share our lives with them and their lives with us it's incredible they are lives and we're responsible for them and we provide the best setup and situation to have them have a great life so that's what i do with my dogs i love them so much Rainbow, my Black Lab mix, Sunny, my Australian Shepherd mix. And I teach them all their same tricks. I just love how when you say sit, they sit together. And I go rainbow, get close, they get real close together. And I go double shake. And I believe that they literally know what the double shake is. So they both put their paw into my hand and all three of us are are, uh, doing the shake together. It's a special little bond that I have with my dogs.
1: I'm going to put you on the spot, and maybe this is a better question for Andy. Maybe we call and conference him in and let him tell me.
0: <laughs> Do
1: your dogs make you, Gary, a better person?
0: Absolutely. That's a good No one's ever really asked me that. I think 100% yes to that question. My dogs make me a better person because it – One thing they always teach us, we always say it, but it's absolutely true, unconditional love. The unconditional love that dogs and other animals and pets provide is an incredible thing that enhances your life. And then we should learn. Provide that unconditional love to everyone around us. Dogs are happy and we should be too.
1: Perfect note to end on. Thank you again so much for joining us today, Gary. We look forward to having you on again and any updates you can provide. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day.
0: Hey, thank you so much for having me and we'll keep you updated.
1: I'm Phil Hatterman and you've been listening to Dog Words presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you again to Gary Lezak for joining us. Follow him on Facebook, check out Weather 2020 and order It's a Sunny Life with your Amazon Smile account regular Amazon account works too, but using Amazon Smile helps your charity of choice. Please consider Rosie Fund for that charity. Links for all of that are in this episode's description. I also want to thank alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Also, check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Be sure to catch the next episode of Dog when we visit with Nelson Atkins Museum of Art Docent Sue Schinkel to discuss the history of dogs in art. We're very excited about the visual element that we'll be adding to that episode. Give it a listen and a look and let us know what you think. As always, please download and subscribe, rate, and share DogWords. This helps us with sponsorships, and Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Support Rosie Fund by following us on social media, and please subscribe to the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosiefund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the DogWords podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.